What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom Show. This is episode number 42, and, well, Uttal and I are just continuing the conversation from 41. 41 was a long one, and it was just about a random set of topics, some news, some stuff that we're reading or watching or whatever, and this episode's no different. In this one, we talk a bit about John Wick, we talk about the Hulk in the Avengers films, we've realized that we've been pronouncing somebody's name wrong for a very long time, and we look to amend it uh, pretty much right away. So, anyways... Thank you very much for listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for checking us out there. And I think that's all the logistics I really have. Sorry for the late episode. I didn't get a chance to actually close it out yesterday. But uh, yeah, it's out today, Tuesday. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. Our hard cut yeah so um, we'll just keep going okay hey uh what's up folks this is uh, another episode we're continuing from the last episode that's right. so that's why nothing's changed nothing's changed <laughs> but right. uh yeah we're just basically shooting the shit today there's uh we haven't done a po- well we haven't recorded podcasts in a while so at this point we just got good conversations and stuff to talk about so there was one thing i wanted to start with so I'm working on actually doing shorter clips on YouTube for some of the stuff, like yeah. some of the high points, and actually I'll review that with you later, but yeah. aside the point, one of the things I was doing was about Jimon Hansu. Yeah, yeah. Did some research. We've been mispronouncing that gentleman's name for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I didn't, I didn't look it up on purpose because I'd been calling him that yeah. for so long, like even, like even before, like the Gladiator days, basically, yeah. like when I saw him in Gladiator that so much damage had been done yeah. already. I didn't want to know that I was making a mistake. So I never looked it up. So are you going to drop a little knowledge I'll here? You're going to ruin this whole this whole house of glass is going to come tumbling well, down. Well, I just figure we should probably call the guy by his name instead of just making it. So we, we would always be calling him G-Mon. So we'd be putting the emphasis on the first part. Yeah. It's actually J, like J-Man. J-Man. But when you're pronouncing it, it's almost like Damon. So it's like, Jamin. Jamin. Jamin yeah. And then it's like Ansu. Ansu. So like the the H is yeah. silent. Yeah. I can't I think it was an interview I was watching and they're like Jamin Ansu and I'm like, Ooh, oh shit. boy. <laughs> We've made a horrible mistake. So I my sincerest apologies to Jamin Ansu. Um I feel really bad about this. I don't think you do. It's been I've been mispronouncing your name for Unsu. oh, Unsu. I don't know last 20 years <laughs> so uh but you're a really great actor He's and uh one of my favorites yeah you shouldn't uh, let the fact that i'm mispronouncing your name make you feel um bad Did you know he was homeless at a time was he yeah he was homeless for a time wow and um i don't know if this is the order that things happened but he was he got discovered for a modeling career so he was a model for a while sure, and yeah he went yeah, i think good looking chap I don't know what the first movie that he did was, but the one that he got most acclaimed for, um, that or that you know launched him into kind of being an acclaimed actor was sure. uh, Amistad. He was in Amistad. Was Amistad out before Gladiator? Yes, I, I think so. I'd have to double check on that. Don't oh, don't quote me on that, but that I do shit. know that. Uh, well, here I'm pretty it'll sure be right that, here. Because uh, yeah, 1997 was Amistad. Gladiator was 2000. Oh yeah. no way! All right, yeah man. Look at that Spielberg and then Ridley Scott. Like yes, I mean. Sir. You could do worse than that, I think. Um, yeah, no, it's it's. I'm sure it's an amazing story. Now I'm gonna actually look it up. I'm gonna look it up myself. Yeah, we're still outside. If you can't tell by the person murdering somebody in the background, <laughs> it um, sounds like he's he's murdering a stack of wood. But that's okay. I mean, wood's um, got feelings too. But uh, but yeah, so Jamin, Jamin Ansu, Jamin Ansu. Got it. Yep. So sorry about cool. that. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jamin. I actually really am. That was a really stupid thing to do for so long. Because every time I'd say it, I'd be like, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing this right, but that was like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Also, like I never went to look it up. You also mispronounced um, the director's name. It's actually Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Frodrick? Is it Steven? Do you pronounce it Frodrick? <laughs> Why isn't it Frodrick 
Frankenstein. It's not. It's Frederick Frankenstein. Oh, I see. You must be Igor. It's pronounced Igor. But they told me it was Igor. Well, they were wrong then, weren't they? What a great movie. God, I love them. Frankenstein. I'm reading this really great series right now called uh, Rachel Rising. It's by a guy named Terry Moore. This guy is just like super, super talented. He writes and draws uh, the book. The images are stark black and white, incredibly detailed. Uh, it's also really well written. So it's like a, it's, it's, I would call it a horror drama mm-hmm. story. Um, he's probably most famous for writing a book called Strangers in Paradise. It's a, I think that's a long running drama that he's that he's done and Rachel Rising uh, kind of takes place in the same universe I think the characters might cross over at some point I don't really know I don't know a lot about Strangers in Paradise to be honest but um, this book has just captivated me I'm like I'm like ripping through these pages is it a um, series or is it a graphic? it is it's 40 issues okay. I think I'm on issue 26 or 27 it's still very interesting and still got my attention hmm the art is just absolutely fantastic, um, but as a quick summary, um, it's about a girl named Rachel who, in the very first panels of the first book, basically she digs herself out of her own grave. Like she just Jeez. like rips herself out. She comes out. She doesn't know what's happened. She goes home. She's basically the last three days are a complete mystery. Yeah, and she's been killed, and she's come back from the dead essentially. Um, it all, and uh, she basically, the whole story revolves around why she's come back and who has killed her. And it opens up into this crazy, absolutely insane mythology world building going on. And it really kind of opens up after that. But uh, that's, the, that's the premise. It's very simple. And uh, it sounds very dark and dreary, but it's also got a lot of levity to it because she's, uh, you know, she's a tw- she's a young twenty-something, I think, and she has a, you know, she has a uh, uh, her best friends there, her aunt is there, and like the banter there is very real and funny. Um, so they do have moment, they have a lot of moments of comedy where I actually started laughing, like, and that's rare for me to read a book and start laughing out loud yeah. while reading it. So, um, so yeah, no, really enjoying it. Terry Moore, Rachel Rising. You pronouncing the name right this time, or it's Moray? Moray? No, no, it's not. I think it's Terry Moore. Hmm. Um, yeah, definitely, che- definitely check it out. Um, I'm gonna check out some more of his books now, just based strictly on the fact that this book was so. It's been so good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. There was uh, some casting news that I I wanted us to discuss a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. Kind of shocked about. Well, we'll discuss, but. Robert Pattinson is now Batman. Sure, yeah. What I'm most shocked about is the lack of outrage from the nerd community. For casting like this, I would have assumed that you would have a lot of people kicking and screaming about Robert Pattinson being Batman. He's the Twilight guy, looks like he weighs a buck fifty soaking wet. I haven't seen any backlash for this. Have you? Um... I've talked to people about it who yeah. have been like, that's a ridiculous casting. But you're, I've actually, when that casting happened, I read the headline. Yeah. Never read an article. Right. Never read an article, never read a forum post, never, because I'm, I'm trying to actively protect myself from that negativity. Right. So I wouldn't know whether they were being negative or not. Um, Usually I'll see things pop up on like a Google feed or like even YouTube, you'll just see people bitching and moaning about stuff. Sure. Or yeah. um, sometimes you'll see stuff in the comments. Sure. Um, but for this, I don't feel like I've seen a lot. And I'm actually very, I don't know, I want to say it's interesting. Yeah, surprised I'm, about I'm, that. I'm, I'm Maybe very they're happy. starting to give people a chance without jumping yeah. to judgment right away. And to be on, to be worst. honest, when when he was in the running for it, I was like, I really hope he gets it because he's actually a really good actor. He's yeah. been in a lot of indie movies. Um, I think Twilight's really the only massive like blockbuster film he's been in. The other Harry is, Potter. He was in oh, the fourth was, one for yes, sure. Yes, might have been in one. Uh, That's right. One of the few That's ones right. before that. Um, but he's in this movie. I'm really excited about. That's coming out. It's called The Lighthouse mm. with Willem Dafoe. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 shot in black and white, but it's the guy who directed uh, Witch or The Witch. Oh, I still haven't seen that. You haven't yeah. seen that? That And that movie, it's just fen- it looks phenomenal. And this movie is 
done completely in black and white and it takes place at this lighthouse yeah and uh it's just the two lighthouse keepers and what happens to them and i actually purposefully did not read any more about it um i'm like this is going to be a great horror film horror drama whatever you want to call it prestige horror film uh or my my favorite my favorite term elevated horror that's so stupid. Some people are calling like they like you have to justify whether a horror is that that other shitty stuff or it's elevated horror. Get it's the so fuck it's, out of it's here. really dumb. Um, That's silly. But uh, but yes, this is definitely considered one of them. Like a, 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 a like a there's a prestige around this because the guy who made which was so he's so he's incredibly talented. Eggers, Robert Eggers. I can't remember something like that his name. But um, but uh, but yeah. So. He's been he's he's a good actor, and I was really uh, happy to hear that he nailed the role. And I I did hear that Nicholas Holt, whose name I'm probably also nope, pronouncing wrong. I think wrong. that's that's okay. how you pronounce it. He was in the running there too. I think they would have they would have had a, they would have. Either way, I I like Nicholas Holt. I think yeah. he's got a lot of range. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's been great in a lot of the movies that I've seen him in, and he's kind of one of those actors where you don't really. I didn't notice him before. I'd seen him in a lot, but then he came out. He was in like X Men, and then he was in, he was in uh, Mad Max, and I thought he was really great in Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, he was really good, because um, he has the, he's the only one in that story with like an arc. Yeah, like everything else is just chase, 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 um, but he's he's got an arc in that movie. So, so I think they would have won with either, and uh, I'm just happy that Pattinson is in. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna, they're gonna kill it. Because I think they're they're gonna they're gonna change things up. It's gonna be a little different, and I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I think it'll be good. The, who's the director? It's still what's his name? Um, Matt. The Apes. Yeah, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It's Matt Reeves. Oh, I think good. he's they're writing it now. But yeah, uh, they've been writing it for like three years. Hey man, I mean the world could use a little less Batman at this point. I think. Um, I don't know about that. I feel like a little more Batman would save the day. Oh, I'm just of, happy uh, there's a lot of, a lot of other there's a lot of other there's the limelight is big enough to shine onto other characters where they've been like you know Wonder Woman, I mean we're just talking about DC stuff but I mean that, that goes for that goes for the Marvel stuff too right like yeah. they've they've you know you you don't need Iron Man in every movie for it to be successful or or you know you wouldn't get Guardians of the Galaxy if you were always making Iron Man movies absolutely like you wouldn't get Aquaman if you were always focused on Batman you know right. Um, or Shazam, for that matter, like yeah. stuff like that. So I, I'm just, I'm happy to, you know, our my my favorite episode of Justice League the animated series was was the one with all of the like third stringer heroes at the parade. Yes, and like where all the other heroes are. Basically, you're just told at the beginning of the episode that all the other big like the big seven are like somewhere off world. Yeah, and uh, something happens on Earth, and all these other second string heroes have to pick up the slack, and you get to see. The really, what's really an incredibly colorful and diverse selection of heroes that just don't get the limelight. Yeah. Did you um, know that those characters were all of the sev- the original Seven Soldiers of Victory? Oh yeah, yeah, or, no, yeah. Is that that what it is? That's seven? what it's called. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, it was it's, all. I mean, different. Um, inter- different. I think it's a different era. Ver- yeah, it was a yeah. very different era. The original ones. Yeah. But it was the same characters from that original one, just different characters now to some degree. Yeah. But like different interpretations. Because I think now, like the Grant Morrison run had like Frankenstein yes, was a part yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. stuff, and Frankenstein wasn't there. Right. But uh, they had Shining Knight, and Shining like Knight, Vigilante, Vigilante, yeah, um, Green Arrow, Red Arrow, or whatever they called them, Speedy, Speedy, um, yeah. Well, there was a Star Girl, the robot guy. What's the robot guy's Stripe? name? Stripe. Robot guy. What robot? Like it was her, like uh, her. Her Star- robot. Her dad, I think. Stripe. Is it Stripe? Yeah, Stars and Stripe. I think I think it's called Stripe. S T R. It's a, it's an acronym. S T R. Oh yeah yeah yeah, IP. yeah 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 but he's like a white robot with yes. some red like red right, like right, yeah. right, right. yeah a, no that's a great Crimson episode. Avenger oh Crimson Avenger and I think that was the seven right there yeah, yeah. Uh, no that, and that was such a great episode for a good reason because like you're, you 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 are already familiar with those stories so yes it's yes. good to give him a break and let these other guys other guys come through so I'm happy to for them to sit on Batman for for a little while. Um, I can see that. I, I mean, it makes sense as long as they keep delivering good stuff. I mean, so far with Shazam, it's a good, good entry to the DC yeah, Cinematic Universe, yeah. man. It's good. 
Yeah, and one the Wonder Woman eighty four poster came out. It's not on my list, but I forgot to mention that it is a psychedelic trip. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It um, looks pretty unique. And you you identified when we were talking about it that it looks very much like the Kingdom Come armor. Um, it does, but also I noticed that it looks like Barda's armor too. Yeah, I don't know, like with the scales on there. So, um, so so yeah, I don't know what we're gonna get. We could speculate all we want, but I'm just I'm excited. I just like the I like the look of the movie. Like every image has been insanely colorful yeah like uh, and i think they're really going for some i don't know what they're going some psych, sort of psychedelic thing going on but uh yeah but psychedelics yeah. weren't heavily used in the 80s or nothing no no that, well i don't think so yeah it, i don't know all i know is 84 is a good year so yeah i mean 85 is better i i wouldn't say so i would yeah um i saw the kid who would be king i don't know if you've ever it's been seen on my that. radar it is really... co-written and directed by Joe Cornish. Yeah. It's the guy who directed Attack the Block. Yes. So this is his second movie. That's got to stop. Sorry, somebody's banging on fucking something. I think they're murdering blocks. Yeah. It's kind of Let's give it a second. Yeah. He's been doing consistently. That's what happens. We brave the elements we got to deal with. Carpenters. Bang! Imagine we find out it's actually a crime being committed. Like That's the some next guy's day, head. we're looking in the news, and it's like, yeah, somebody was being smashed to death by some Scarborough man's hammer. Wow! <laughs> see that somebody just screamed. It's this is definitely witnessing a murder with our ears and uh, with our microphone. Anyways, hopefully, stop done murdering. Uh, continue. Right. So the kid, the kid who would be king, uh, genuinely a good effort. Unfortunately, like the child actors just didn't didn't cut it for me uh, the movie really hinges on the audience getting behind them and i just couldn't get around the wooden emoting um it's a damn shame because the one, child acting from attack the block was fantastic that's and these kids are younger and uh, i and I, okay. I can sort of like i can so like okay these kids are younger so that like but i'm just still absolutely floored by how convincing the kids in attack the block were it was stylish like inventive exciting and seemed to me like the mark of a director who had this very unique vision whereas the kid who would be king these there's some themes in there that are very strong and i love i love some of the ideas it's just i don't know the execution felt a little flat to me unfortunately um it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination but uh i mean from attack the block to this i ah there's something missing. There was yeah. something missing there, unfortunately. That, and that's just for me. I think it's reviewed very, very well. Okay. Um, so I would still recommend checking it out. Um, but, I mean, Attack the Block is still... I mean, at this point, my favorite Joe Cornish movie. The, <laughs> Attack the Block. Is that so. his, Is this his second... It's his second live-action film. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's not bad. I mean, yeah. Attack the Block was so strong. Yeah, I still has pretty good credit. This movie wasn't terrible. No, it wasn't. Absolutely yeah. not. No, no. I'm, I'm being a little harder on it because I liked Attack the Block. I had, I, my expectations were a little higher. True. So, um, and it's probably unfair as this movie is, is very, very different than Attack the Block. Um, so, yeah. Do you have anything? Um, nothing super interesting. I'll see if I can, th if you can keep going down your list if something pops up. Yeah. Quickly, I've been watching a lot of commentaries because like, you know, I'd be making like dinner or whatever. And I throw a commentary on the projector in the yeah. living room there. Uh, Kubo and the two strings, extremely informative commentary from a director, uh, from the director. His name's Travis Knight. Yeah. Uh, he ended up directing Bumblebee. Yes. After, which is his first live action movie, which was, which was pretty good. But uh, Kubo and the two strings, fantastic movie. From Leica, stop motion animation is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, but it's a bit dry. Uh, it's exceptionally well rehearsed, almost. It's like he's reading off of a script. It's super informative, but he's reading. It's almost like he's reading. Right. So it's like he's not having genuine reactions, kind of off-the-cuff remarks. He's reading. So I, I've, I like my commentaries more spontaneous. So it's yeah. not as it's not as fun or interesting as a more spontaneous yeah. like uh, like um, the Carpenter ones like with uh, yeah with Kurt Russell with Kurt Russell oh, yeah those are the best yeah those are really good because it's very it's genuine yeah you know, absolutely. like what they're when they're re they're experiencing the movie again but the danger you have with a more genuine spontaneous commentary like that is that it doesn't become informative yeah like it's not really informative about the movie right. where I feel like the Carpenter Kurt Russell ones are in danger of going into that zone where they're just kind of shooting the shit because they haven't seen each other for a long time yeah uh, there are some that straddle that line a, li a lot better True. Um, uh, I guess it depends what you're looking for if you're looking 
to kind of sit in on like a conversation with the guys that made it. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, I guess these commentaries can be for different purposes and you get different flavors of them. For the ones sure, that are yeah. super informative, that's good. If you, that's what you want to kind of just really learn about everything. But sometimes you just want to, like, for instance, like some of the, the Del Toro one, like the Del Toro one for, he's one that is really good at skate, like skating that line. Yes. And that he'll give you a lot of really good information, but he'll also be joking about it. Like to me, the, the greatest commentary I've watched so far is like the Blade 2. One. Oh man, yeah. It's so His good. He'll, he'll, he's very so informative, but he also is making me laugh a lot. Yeah, too, yeah. Especially the deleted scenes. Yeah. We, oh God, yeah. Michael Bolton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he starts blaming the guy that he's with. I can't remember his name. <laughs> this is your Peter, fault. Peter Explain Frank. Explain yourself. <laughs> Peter Frank. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I'll never forget those names yeah. because I watched those and it made me laugh I knew so it was much. Peter. I just didn't know yeah. what his last name was. Peter Frankfurt. Explain yeah. yourself. <laughs> Look, he comes out looking like an old Michael Bolton. Yeah, oh, it's a shame. Funny. I feel like his are becoming a little bit more informative and a little less. Uh, yeah, his tongue in cheek. His uh, his Pacific Rim one was very yeah. dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah unfortunately, yeah, and I was hoping for something a little more. I don't know, spontaneous. Yeah, and. I want to take a break because this is yeah. this is kind of shitty. We're yeah. sorry for the bagging. I was hoping this guy was going to stop. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. We're recording on both ends, so get going. Both ends, just the way I like it. So yeah, Del Toro's commentaries, yeah. really, really funny. I saw another commentary uh, for Get Out. Yeah. This is a fantastic commentary. This is exactly the kind of commentary I like to listen to. You talk about it. I'm going to go get my hat. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, it really brought me back to the old days when I used to listen to the commentaries and actually be entertained by them. Uh, Jordan Peele, obviously a fan, and has listened to those commentaries in the past and is just as excited about doing his own commentary. Um, you know, because like it's, it's like that moment where he's like made his first movie and he's like, hey, I get to do the thing that I used to listen to when I was younger. So he gets to do this commentary all on his own. It, so he's really excited, and that kind of transfers to the person listening to it. Yeah. Uh, but it's also super informative. Shot selection, sound design, music composition, it's all discussed. But my favorite part about the commentary is where you learn something new about the movie that you found explicitly interesting, and they end up talking about it. This one nails it because there's an incredibly... He basically talks about all the world-building he put into the movie... For, that fleshes on an incredibly deep mythology yeah. that I didn't even know was there. Like, you get hints in, in that, and you kind of think you have it figured out, but when he starts talking about it, he starts talking about, here's why that's in the background, here's why well, that's on the trophy case, here's why this video was made like this, blah, 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 all that stuff. It's fucking mind-blowing, like, mm. how much thought he put into this mythology I didn't even know was there. Now I watch the movie again, and it's a brand new experience. Nice. Like, just watching it. It was very, very cool. Uh, I highly, highly recommend. I'm very much looking forward to his commentary track on us when that comes out. So I'll probably buy that on 4K when it comes out. Listen to the commentary there too. So nice. highly recommend it. So when you say he was mentioned, you said he was building a mythos. Yeah. Is he planning on expanding on? I don't think no, so. I think it was out. just for the movie, just okay. to give you like a hint of oh, like okay, where okay. these guys have come right. from and why they're doing what they're doing. Okay. Uh, and like you know. I don't know. I don't want to get too many spoilers for Get Out if you haven't seen it. It's been a long time, but uh, there's a there's a scene where it seems like they're playing bingo. Uh, do you do you recall yes, this? Yes. Yeah. And uh, it turns out they're not playing bingo. They're doing something else where he's like holding his fists up and holding numbers. Yeah. And uh, and he talks about what he's doing because he he actually had all of this figured out, this mythology figured out, but then he only shows little bits of it in the movie. But there is a backstory to it, and there is a reason why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Well, the numbers, and uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's really interesting. So I highly recommend checking it out. It's cool. Nice. So I'll borrow it, it from you. Yeah, yeah. Grab it. More physical media. Oh, speaking of physical media, I just bought. Uh, I finally got on board with John Wick. Oh yeah. I've been meaning to buy those damn movies for so long. And yeah. I finally bought them. It was like a no-brainer too. I went and looked it up, or I went to the store and. Bought it. I think it was not HMV. Was it called um, Sun Sunrise? Sun Sun Sunrise? Whatever. Anyways, one of the Canadian ones. Yeah. And because um, I went to Best Buy, they had like five different titles, and that's it. Just a bunch of them. They had like a few Transformers ones, a bunch yeah. of X Men ones. You were saying some Marvel that. ones. I was really like shocked. 
A friend of mine from work sent me a picture of a Walmart, and they were just like empty shelves. Same thing. I it's, was just at Walmart yesterday. It's happening, man. Like it really is happening. Yeah. Uh, I went to a Best Buy crazy. recently. I bought a Shugu, four uh, K Steelbook for uh, How to Train Your Dragon Three, which we also watched. That's a great movie, by the way. Like, I think yeah, How to Train Your Dragon 3 is a very good movie. And I realized that that trilogy of movies is rock solid. I haven't seen the third, actually. I've been meaning to watch it. Oh, but... How to Train... Like, The Hidden World? Yeah. Very good. Looks phenomenal on 4K. Yep. Uh, and the Steelbook, de like, cover design is just so much better than the actual, like, DVD design. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the regular 4K design? Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Um... And great Sunrise, movie, Sunrise Records. Okay, right. yeah, yeah. Sorry. great, ahead. great movie. Uh, but when I went to go pick it up, there was only one in in store, so I had to. I took the bus out there and I picked it up, and I was looking at the shelves, and they were pretty stocked yeah. at that particular Best Buy. I was expecting to see like kind of what you were describing. Yeah, but I haven't, I haven't seen that yet. But it is happening. It sounds like so, yeah. the, uh, like the mass exodus, of, just not not idea. carrying in as many 4K movies, especially if people are just ordering them off online and. Um, yeah, so it's, they're just not it's carrying It's like they're just many. getting a few of the more recent ones, and then whatever, they're not restocking any of the old stuff. They're, they're just, just letting putting it, it go and done with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not selling. That's right. Uh, but yeah, so I got John Wick's 1 and 2 because it was like $25 for John Wick 2, and then for the double pack, it was 27 Yeah. And then I compared, because they had both of them next to them, I'm like, they're literally the same one. It's, it's same like just the repackage. Yeah. Just repackage. That's the danger two. with some of those repackages. Yeah, you, like, get, like, you, know, you just get the movie and that's it. Yeah. And I was like, mm, No, no. I, I, I yeah. checked and it was like full double feature. It was good. So I've been kind of blasting through that. And I just saw the third one, which you saw too, right? Yeah, I did see that. And uh, I liked it. I, I was disappointed. It. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was I, tired, I'd say, by the end yeah. of it. I was t that that's the right word for me. Yeah. Yeah, tired. You know what, you know what the end. problem was with this one that I felt was I was really hoping they were going to expand a little bit more on the whole mythos of the, the Continental and that. Yeah. And they kind of gave you a little bit more. Yeah. But I feel like at this point it's like, stop hinting at things. Start answering a little bit more about what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then it it gets boring at the end. I thought all the way up until the very end of the film, like the very final action sequence and stuff that happens at the Continental, not to spoil yeah. anything, um, it's great up until that point, but that just drags on to the point of becoming It is boring. long. Yeah. And it's repetitive. Tired. That's why I mean, like, I get, I was tired, I was yeah. exhausted by Th the end of the that's movie. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it didn't, I, I was, I was hoping for a little bit more um, explanation about what that whole mythos is. Yeah. Didn't really get that. And the fight scenes at the beginning, like, were fantastic. Everything up until the last act was great. And then the last act kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, I I think there are two scenes in that movie that I just, like, it's stuff I've never seen I've always wanted to see. Yeah. Um, the first thing, the knife, yes. the knife fight. I cheered. I, I was involuntarily like, cheered. Yeah. Never seen anything like that before, but I've always wanted to see something like that. Yeah. And uh, and they really just they killed it in that scene. No Literally pun intended. Yeah, uh, they absolutely carved it up. It was oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. They were very sharp when they were putting that yeah. together. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other they scene, had a point to make. <laughs> the other scene you started was, this. Yeah. The other scene was with Halle Berry and the dogs. Halle Berry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, her dogs participating in the action incredibly well shot yes. like i couldn't even believe what i was seeing um and how real how realistic it was uh if you were to have dogs that obeyed your every command in the middle of a fight uh it was kind of terrifying like the yeah. way the dogs were attacking people and it was like, like a video them. game the way it was choreographed and executed yeah it was it was wild so so those two scenes definitely stand out to me I'm also a huge fan of Mark Dacascos. I knew who's the yeah. guy from the he's, the... he's one of the leads from Brotherhood of the Wolf in another movie called Crying Freeman. He also played the crow. In the in TV, the TV show, series. yeah, in the yeah. TV series. Big fan of his. He was mar he, He's a martial artist. He just kind of fell off. I don't know what happened to him, but... Uh, he's getting paid by the Food Network for MasterChef or Iron Chef. Iron shut Chef. up. Dude, really? He's, the, he's been the host for a long time. Mark Dacascos. Really? I'll show you videos later. Holy it's going to blow smokes. your mind. It's just him screaming chef's names and pointing, doing a backflip occasionally, I think. <laughs> I might just be saying, making things up. But he's like super high energy and he's just the host of a show. It's so great because his character is so great in this movie. 
and he has those those moments of levity yes. there. And I was like, yes, this is so funny and yep. awkward. Just how awkward the whole thing was. And then and then of course you've got you've got uh, Yayan and uh, I can't remember his last name, and then the other actor from the raid yeah. that are playing like his students basically. Yes. Um, so you've got some real like martial arts pedigree in this movie, and the action scenes are fantastic. Again, I, I think I think it was just I think of this John like John Wick as basically it's like a reskin of like something like Lord of the Rings. It's like Lord of the Rings if it were an urban an urban um, driven like modern day fantasy story. That's okay. the way I see this whole thing with all of the. With all of the uh, fantastical elements, everything is on the verge of reality. It's not real, but it takes place in the real world, kind of right. thing. But just like the amount of mythology that's built up around these around these things is very high fantasy esque. Like oh, I expected absolutely. to see a dragon flying through the city, like at some point, you know, like that kind of thing. Like they really stepped, they really amped up that mythological aspect. The whole desert scene, like all of that stuff. It's very. It's out there. It's very out there. And I, I appreciate that. I, I always I like feel that. like anytime a movie all of a sudden goes to the desert, it's like taking a leap. Like the yeah. second Transformers movie, all of a sudden they're in the desert. Um, somebody made the, 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 the distinction, I think it was the second, and this is going to go way off the beaten path of what you usually talk about, but the second Sex in the City, for some reason those girls are all of a sudden in a desert. Yeah, I, I feel think like my buddy a... Nigel made the comparison. He's like, it's just like Transformers 2. Look, they're in the desert. I yeah. was like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like desert sequences generally have some sort of metaphysical context to them because mm. somebody gets lost, you have hallucinations, and you find yourself or whatever. Um, so, Sex in the City too. I didn't How actually was see it. Oh, okay. How no. do you know that there's a desert scene? Nigel, it was in the trailer. Oh. Like they're literally in the. City I mean, if you saw it, you should sudden... just you, should, you don't have to. Lie. No, no, I say. haven't. I'm not. I have no shame. Do in you want to so... see it? Do you want to see it? No. No. I I, do you I, see I... the first one? I might have seen it. Okay, I've seen what? episodes of it. It's oh, actually okay. pretty funny. Yeah. I can I can get on board with some Sex in the City. Sure, it's good. Sure, All right. Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker can look. She ranges from looking fantastic to not. Not yeah. I I feel like I'm up and down on her too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. She, her in um, that's not what I what's meant, it called? But... Hocus Pocus was awesome. Yeah, she was great. She but was I thought her character was really funny in that movie. She too. was the best. She was my favorite She's moment great. or favorite part from that movie yeah like, she was pretty great out of there out um, there but yeah so john how did we get to john wick i don't know oh, you bought the blu-ray talking about the blu-ray so I, I bought the 4k for john wick 2 and watched it before going to see john wick 3 mm, um, good move. i yeah i did the same there's thing. one thing i want to say about john wick 2 before we move on sure we all talk about we talk about the action scenes in john wick and how like you know people are getting beaten up bones are getting crushed headshots for days but i thought the most unrealistic thing, <laughs> the most deadly thing in the John Wick universe has to be when John Wick and the character played by Common fall down the stairs. Yes. It's, it's like the most brutal thing to watch. I was sitting there cringing in my seat watching them roll down flights of concrete stairs in Prague? I don't know where they are, but I they're didn't. but they're in some European yeah. city, and there's these concrete steps that just go on. They go on forever, and they're just like, we can't slow down. They, they can't. can't slow down. They can't slow down. They're like they're picking up speed yeah. as their bones are bouncing off of this concrete, and I'm I could barely watch them because like they fall down once, and I think they fight more, and then they fall down again. Yeah. So it's like the most uh, visceral moment in that movie is is them just fucking falling downstairs for yeah. five straight minutes and then they get up at the end it's like you know they, they they smash into the continental yeah and they're like hey you guys can't fight here and he's like hey you want to get a drink yeah yeah let's go to the bar mm -hmm. like those stairs didn't you know they should be a, like a, a, a jelly or yeah. like a paste every by now. bone in their body should be broken yeah they they're they should be like they should be pureed on the inside that's was, what that's what it, it was it was is the most graphic thing, oddly enough, that I saw in that movie. Was even Common though a lot of people's heads get blown open. But was Common in the third one? No, no. Com I don't. Well, I mean, I don't. John Wick two spoilers. Heads up, he dies. Doesn't what? He? Doesn't doesn't Common die no. in John Wick two? No, 
Yeah, he stabs him on the subway in the he heart. He stabs him not in the heart. He stabs him somewhere in the heart. No, he's got a You're hole in his heart. We watch it after. He doesn't do that. He says to him, "I stabbed you here. If you move, you're going to basically. If you pull it out, you're dead." You can't move. If you move, you're dead. You're going to have to stay here until someone comes to fix you up. And that's when he leaves and he says, I'll see you. Ne- or what does I'll he say? I'll you. be seeing you or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, no, he's still alive. You can oh, watch I thought he was dead. No, he's, no, no, he's no, 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 hang on, hang on. It's not that I thought he was dead. I don't think the movie is being like, oh, maybe Common's still alive. He stabbed him in the heart. I'm pretty sure it's the heart. He's 100% alive. He isn't alive in the last frame. Let's be reasonable. He he just fell down two massive flights of stairs. And the then stairs, got, okay, hold he on. Got, let's talk he about got stabbed let's talk in about the heart. This. The stairs, we would agree, is just basically a whole bunch of blunt force trauma, <laughs> repeatedly. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything to any of these characters. No, no, How many just... cars has John Wick been hit by? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Without being in a car, <laughs> yeah, he's getting floored by cars. He's like, it's fine. Walk it off. I'll I, jump on this. Horse. I'd like to see a count. I mean, it's it's got to be five or six At times least over six. the co- over the course of the three movies that he gets smoked by a car off screen where he's just standing there. And he yeah. just got poof. I like, feel like at least two from the first one. I'd say one or he's got like two. hips no, of steel. Two, at least two from the second one too, and I, there's at least one from the third. So maybe five. Yeah, and maybe more. Common's dead. Let he's it go. not dead. We'll watch after this. We'll slap at it. No, Whoever's I'm not, wrong. No, I'm not saying that he's not dead in the last frame that he's on screen, but he's dead in that story. He's uh, done. Okay, we'll have His to agree. Goose is good. Th- these are the terms of the agreement that yeah. we're going to make right now is if John Wick makes it clear that if you do anything, you're going to die. That means I know that's what alive. he says. Yeah, and, and to I know further strengthen says. this, he did the same thing to Lawrence Fishburne. That's something that he says. He, uh, he says, I cut you here. Hold pressure on this, otherwise you'll die. He's basically making sure that they can't chase him or do anything to him, but he's not trying to kill them. Lawrence he's, Fishburne? Yeah. When does he do that to him? He, it's something Lawrence Fishburne mentions. Mentions. About, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About he their talk, yeah, yeah, previous yeah. encounter they had. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. basically it's giving the, the, um, the portrayal of John Wick as being somebody that will take you out without killing you because he has a mutual respect for people that are all in the same profession. He won't kill you if he doesn't have to. He did that the same way with um, uh, the assassin from the first one. I can't remember the, the actress's name. Oh, uh, uh, oh yeah, and I hated her so much too. Yeah, she was the worst because she kills that guy in the hotel. Yeah, fuck rules. Yeah, I can't remember um, her name. Uh, oh, uh, plink, oh. plink, not plink no. It. It's, it's like uh, a short name. Ah, fuck, what is it? It's uh, Perkins. Perkins. Or her character's name? Her character's name is oh, Perkins. Oh, uh, the actress. She, the actress she played is, like Wonder uh, Woman on that pilot for that TV series. I saw series. that being shot. She's, oh, really? Yeah. Was that in Toronto? It was, no, it was in LA. Oh, it was in LA. I, it was at the, uh, the Grauman's, or not Grauman's. Palaki. Palaki. Yeah, yeah, Adrian Palaki. Yeah. Super hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, so I don't know. I just figured he was dead. He's not. I, I, I get that he's not, but it's, you know. Whatever. He could All still right. be around. He's he could still be around. But he'll be in the hospital. Well, for how long? It seems like these people heal pretty fast. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So. Anyways, John Wick 3. Not everything I was hoping for, but still worth watching. I yeah, I absolutely. Absolutely. I will be purchasing that and watching scenes from that for a long time. Uh, transitioning from uh, Keanu Reeves is a good jump-off point because I saw Constantine City of Demons... Which is the animated. A, yeah, the animated movie that came out. It's uh, and I really actually kind of liked it. Um, and you know, Keanu Reeves played John Constantine in the movie Constantine, which I think is an underrated film. Yes, I've always thought that. When I first saw it, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is actually a really fun movie. And uh, a lot of people, you know, just the nerd rage was strong with that one. A lot of people just didn't didn't really didn't really like it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's got it's a, it's a resurgence. Like I feel like people who I talk to now genuinely generally like it. I think so, and I think um, it's partially just because Keanu Reeves, with every every continuing year that he's out there, just seems to become more and more, more likable. Yes, that's right. I feel like a lot of it has to do with his resurgence and his personality yeah. taking the limelight. Forty-six percent um, on Rotten Tomatoes, seventy-two percent uh, audience score. Audience, yeah, that makes sense. I actually really I bought a three-pack. 
of V for Vendetta, Constantine, and Watchmen Blu-ray. Nice. Uh, it was a good, and it's those original DVDs, so they have the sorry Blu-rays that and they have the special features and stuff. So it's it's nice. Dope. Um, anyway, so Constantine City of Demons is an animated film from WB, um, an original animated film, and uh, a. The voice, uh, sorry, the voice of Constantine is Matt Ryan, who played him on his own TV show, and is also playing him on other Media. DC series, yep. right? He's I just love the fact that Matt Ryan doesn't have his own show, but has been playing this character for so long. It's so funny. It's animated movies he's playing them, for the, like the CW TV shows he's playing them. He's playing uh, Constantine. It is him, and yeah. he's really great. He's really like the voice acting here is fantastic in this in this movie. Um, the it goes into the real gray moral areas that of Constantine's world that's that are in the Hellblazer comic. Yeah, and uh, that's what makes, in my opinion, that's what makes the character so unique. It's the choices that he makes that have just these massive and sometimes horrific um, ramifications. Right, like where he makes these choices and he can, in the comic, he's made moral morally ambiguous decisions where like he's damned someone to an eternity for some other reason which you know but it's like there are never there there are always consequences to his actions is he typically a selfish character yes yes see okay that that tracks i i didn't know a lot about constantine um as a character He's, um, I think he starts out like that, like the earlier stories, like and especially in his flashbacks when he's younger. And th this this movie gets into that too. Okay, he's cocky and selfish. Yeah. Uh, in the comics, I've read. I've only read the, maybe the first twenty issues or so of Hellblazer. And I've yeah. like read it all. Okay. But uh, there is a he's wronged a lot of people gotcha. in the past because making these selfish decisions. But these decisions all had these. Um, uh, uh, these ramifications. And I think that's why he learns as he gets older that there's nothing that, no decisions that he can make that don't have consequences. Right. You absolutely have to, you always have to um, familiarize yourself with those consequences before making those decisions. And this movie does that, does that really well. Did you, um, did you ever get caught up on the Injustice books? Um, no, no. So year three featured him as a prominent character okay. in the books. Yeah. And that was probably, I don't know, I'd have to go back and revisit the books, but um, I think that was my favorite of the years that they did. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of really good stuff in them. Um, you know, Superman's group is constantly hunting them down. Constantine's definitely looking at things from his own kind of perspective yeah. and making a lot of decisions in a selfish manner. Yeah. I think it. that's when they bring in Swamp Thing. Um, yeah. Oh, there was something else that was amazing. There was this one moment in the book where they basically douse Superman with something that basically puts him to sleep and he's dreaming like sure. pleasant dreams. Yeah. And it basically takes everything and shifts it all backwards. So what ends up happening is Batman ends up taking um, the Joker out of the interrogation room and is driving him to Arkham and has him right, basically sitting shotgun with him, right? And the Joker's just talking to him. Batman's silent the whole time. And he drives him all the way to GCPD and just before getting out of the car, snaps his neck and kills the Joker. And then he gets out, takes off his mask, and says, "I'm here to report a murder." Yeah. They book Batman, or they book Bruce. So this Wayne. is in in what in this Superman's, is in the Justice Comics, but it's in Superman's. This dream? is all happening in Superman's dream. Oh, okay, and basically it that's, that's what he wanted to happen. Like he wanted, like Batman should have killed him a long time ago. Well, like not even that. You know, it's more that he saved Superman from doing something that he. Would oh have yeah, yeah. Read. Also, yeah. I think that Superman's wife. I think that was the other thing too that happened is Lois. that Lois and the and the baby were alive. Do doesn't die. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that that happens like midway through the series, and it's it's really really well done. Cool. I, I yeah. really like that. So yeah, if you want to check out Constantine in the Injustice universe, no, I, yeah. I can't recommend that series. Enough. It kind of sucks. He's not. He's never been a character. No, it's I weird. They did. They've done Doctor Fate. Zatanna was in there in the first one. Yeah. He's, been a, few he's other, been a fan favorite. People have been talking about him. I could few see him other, showing up in the next. Yeah, there's a few other mystics in there, but uh, Constantine has never been one of them. Oh, and then Swap Thing, of course, was, yeah. was, in, the, was right. in the game. But uh, but yeah, so uh, they don't shy away from that, like that that sort of the ramifications of your decisions. Good. The animation, so this was a web episode uh, series that's yeah. been sort of put together as a, as a movie, so the animation isn't that great. Um, 
it's also the pacing on some of the scenes is very strange because it was a web episode series so some things are repeated more than once but if you can get past sort of that pacing and some of the weaker sides of the animation yeah the story itself is actually uh really well written and the dialogue and the and the voice acting is quite good so mm. so yeah enjoyed it dope Oh, that sounds good. I want to check that out. Yeah. I also just noticed because I was on with thing on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't actually know they did an animated for Batman versus uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, uh, yes, they did. did they you, did. Did and you watch that too? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, but I, I uh, I'm going on vacation next week for for a week and a half. Yeah. And uh, I got awful. Pl- I got plenty of comics lined up. That's to funny. read, and that's actually one of them. So on I just tablet. read that recently. I yeah. stumbled across it in the Toronto Public Library. Yeah, nice. And uh, yeah, I picked it up. It's fun. So you've read it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I haven't because it's ri- it's written by James Tinian, right? Yeah. And I really like that guy. Uh, that guy's writing, uh, and uh, the art looks really great. And I think it looks like the Arkham Batman that's in that. Yes, I feel it, like it's it the, looks like, like that. the Arkham Knight Batman. Yeah, or the, the, Arkham the art's City. a bit inconsistent. Um, I. What's the best way to put this? I, I honestly don't know how to put it. I'm not artistic enough to really judge it. Sure, I just sure. know that it wasn't as hot for me. It was inconsistent. There okay. were some some okay. panels look great and some just look kind of rushed. Yeah. Um, didn't look as tight, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the way that he looks definitely it looks like they took inspiration from the Arkham the Arkham series. Cool. I don't yeah. know when it was when the book was actually done. Um, oh, it, was a, it must have been a couple of years ago because yeah. they've done now they're on their third crossover because they're doing really well. Oh, like good. those crossovers, good, good, good. So I'm 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 kind of excited to see that movie, but I'm going to read those books first. Nice. Yeah. Um, I got to check out the second and third part. I, I yeah. only read the first one. I liked it. I thought it was yeah, good. It's it's basically, the whole premise is um, uh, I think it was Krang does something and it launches. They basically go from their universe into yeah. Batman's universe. Nice. And that's yeah. essentially how as works. as one does during crossovers. Yeah. yeah. Or it's weird when it's all of a sudden like they're just like, oh yeah, I gotta go to Gotham. I think it was a Spider-Man Batman. Yeah, yeah. Where they just, just like, pretended yeah. Gotham was in the same yeah. same thing. Yeah. Like, Punisher right. was Punisher Batman was like that too. Yeah, um, I guess it makes sense. That, it's yeah. an Elseworlds. Thing. Yeah, it's not like whatever. That's yeah, cool. you don't want to waste too much time figuring that stuff out. You got to get the characters in the same panels together. Um, just going on that, like one of the other books that I have lined up for the vacation read is a book called The Immortal Hulk. I don't know if you've heard about this at all, Sounds but familiar. it's uh, written by Al Ewing, and uh, apparently, from what I've read, it's kind of going back to the Hulk's traditional monster mo- monster horror roots. Good. Um, in my mind, the Hulk has always been a horror character, like like straight, like he's basically a cross between like the Wolfman and the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde thing, and um, and I've heard good things about this book. So I have it all lined up for for consumption on on vacation. I'm really excited. It's been a while since I've read like a Marvel regular series yeah. book, so I'm like just excited to get in there and just see what they've done with the with the character. Okay. Um, yeah. So, what did you think? What um, of the Hulk movies that have been out so far? I mean, not really counting, I would say, the Avengers or anything like that. But like, you liked the Ang Lee one, didn't I d- you? I did. I thought it was, uh, but I haven't seen it in a long time. So. I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I I, I liked it. It was weird. I didn't like all of it. Yeah. But uh, but man, like the the rampage at the end, I thought was really well done. <clears throat> Where he just like he's in the desert and he's like fighting the army, like rips the yeah. top off yeah, the yeah, tank, yeah. starts jumping like across the desert. Then he ends up in the city. Like I thought that stuff was really, really effective. And I just think that Nick Nolte is at his most grisly in that movie. He's like, he's got like, he's just gargling like rocks the whole time. Um, I couldn't get on board with that. I tried rewatching it recently. It's just so I've long not. and slow and strangely paced. Yeah, I've not. I've not tried. I, I just, yeah. The climax is just weird. Oh, dude, yeah. That was the thing that, that killed me too, is like all of a sudden Nick Nolte's chewing on power lines and... Yeah, I don't know weird. what what was what, what's that character's name again? Absorbing Man. Yeah, and yeah, the like, way it ends with the bomb, it just looks like a. If I remember correctly, it was just looked like a, a giant bubble. And yeah, like it was weird. It was really yeah that and that end I didn't like. No, it was just um, not, it didn't feel rewarding. But you know what? To be honestly, the only thing I really remember from the movie was Nick Nolte, and that rampage scene at yeah. toward the end of the movie where he's jumping between the 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 canyon walls and that attack helicopter is trying to shoot him. I thought that was really all of that was really well done. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, 
The Incredible Hulk, I don't remember anything from. <laughs> no? So, so I yeah. like that one, I think, a lot more than anybody really? else does. Because I think it, it ramps up the very unfortunate life that Bruce Banner has to, like, live in. Yeah. Um, and it kind of has some of, like, it does kind of play with horror themes a little bit. Mm. Um, especially, like, the very first Hulk out scene where it's basically, you don't really see the Hulk. It's just guys just getting like, mangled yeah. and, like, pulled into the darkness. And, yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, they do a good job with that. And then, I mean, Edward Norton always in, puts in a pretty good performance in anything yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. Um, but uh, the actual, like, the battle scene at the end was fucking awesome. With the abomination? With the abomination. The abomination. I gotta watch the movie design. again. Yeah, I, I think, uh, give it another shot. I, 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 I haven't... S- I saw it once, yeah, and uh, I did not watch it again. So maybe I should I should give it another shot. Cho- another shot. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Like to me, that's one of that's up the probably one of my top five Marvel films. Really? I, think. I I just I don't know why I connect with it so well. I just I really right. like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I honestly cool. I don't know. But Ang Lee's like can't get on board with. Yeah. Just, yeah. His it's super. It's weird. Too artsy. It's weird. I like my whole. It took a real chance with that one, to be honest. And I kind of that's. I think that maybe that's what I respect about the movie is how weird it is. Um, They got real fucking funky with that. Somebody needed to pull the reins in a little bit. Yeah. Ang, you can't do that. (laughs) Nobody wants to see the Hulk fight a bubble at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's right. Um, (laughs) Ang, why did you have him chew on the power lines? I, I didn't tell him to do that. <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte just, just started chewing on the power lines. They're like, I could use this. Yeah, he's like, that's fine. He wasn't listening to anyone. He was foaming at the it's mouth. It's so good. He just literally picks up a power line. He, he goes, just, ah! <laughs> he spits off like the rubber encasing, and then he starts biting the power line. <laughs> just, that, that's my favorite shot. Yeah. <laughs> so angry when he does it, too. It's like yeah. uh, Brian Cox from Super Troopers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With the Give soap. me the goddamn soap. <laughs> Shit, yeah. I should. I, I'll. I'll check out the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, maybe I'll throw it up on the projector and like watch it again. Yeah, not um, since uh, Ruffalo's first portrayal of the Hulk have we had as good of a Hulk since. I think I liked him a lot in the first, the first Avengers, but then it just kind of went off. Uh, I don't know. Actually, he was alright in Age of Ultron. I don't know. I feel like he's just kind of a. He's just there, like yeah. Ruffalo. I don't. I don't think that. I don't. I think Ruffalo's a very good actor. Mm. I just. I don't. I think that it it could have been played by anybody. Like I don't think he's bringing anything particularly special to that character. I think that that character's dilemma is so interesting. Yeah. You don't need someone who's going to uh, who's gonna like you know. I don't think you need an Ed Norton to play that role. Although when he's playing it, I think he's better. Yeah. Well, uh, but. Well, uh, I, just, I don't think Ruffalo is adding anything. To, you could have replaced him with anybody, and I would be, I would feel the same way. I don't know if I agree with that because I think that in the you could see in the very first Avengers he was definitely more tortured by it. He didn't seem like he wanted it. He was trying to deal with it, and you're not really sure as an audience member how he's trying to deal with it. And you know, you're kind of seeing someone who seems somewhat tortured. He seems reluctant. He seems like he doesn't want to do anything because he's afraid of what might happen. And then you have that really gratifying moment where he just lets it all go. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, to me, that's one of my favorite moments in any movie. I, I don't think I've ever felt so excited as I, I was when, you know, he hulks out for the very first time okay. intentionally. Let's talk about that for a minute. What's that? When he says, I'm always angry. Yeah. That doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, so that moment fell super flat. Like, when he says, I'm always angry, and then chooses to turn into the Hulk, and I'm like... What? Okay. <laughs> like, what did the fuck does that mean? Explain think, it to me. Think of it this way, is that, like, it, this is the way I interpret it. And um, he basically is all... He's, he's managed to be able to control his anger so well that he knows exactly where he has to be to keep himself in control. But because he's so comfortable with being angry, he never goes past the point... Like, he knows that exact threshold of anger that he hits that he hulks out on. This is all really this 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 all makes sense. Yes. The the concept of coming to terms with your own anger and your own personality. Yeah. Right? Not abo- not not abolishing it, but you know, accepting it accepting as a part of as a part of you. Yeah. yeah. What what puzzles me is that the entire and I haven't seen the Avengers in a long time. But I'm pretty sure a large chunk of that movie was talking about how much of a loose cannon he is. Yes. Right? And he uh does he not destroy some shit in that movie? Or was that in the second one? It was no, that no, Age of Ultron? Fr- both, both. Okay, so he destroys some shit and he can't control himself. 
But what what is weird to me is that this just kind of suddenly happens. It's like between all that whole time they're building him up as being this crazy wild card. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then suddenly he's just like, oh yeah, by the way, ha, I'm just, I'm just fooling you. Yeah. I had this under control the whole time. So like, okay. it doesn't make any fucking sense. So I think he has, he has, he has the transformation under control. He's not in control. He's not in the driver's seat when the Hulk is out, right? Well, I mean, he partially is. He takes an order from Captain America. He's like Hulk, smash. He's like, mm, he no, smiles no, 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 and he no. fucking bounces. That's not Bruce Banner. That's the Hulk. That's what I mean is that when the Hulk is off when when the Hulk is out there doing what he's doing there's no more control by Bruce Banner. He's now in the driver's or the Hulk's in the driver's seat and Bruce Banner's in the trunk. He's he's got no concept of what's going on. I mean, you see that in Ragnarok when he comes out of it. Banner doesn't even know where he is. He doesn't understand. Yeah, but that's but that's in Ragnarok. That's like four <laughs> movies later. Yeah, but and th- also like that changed. that well no, something's changed. He's been Hulk for so there was something about him being Hulk for so long and not being allowed to transform back into Bruce Banner that it, for being Hulk that that long, he's taken over mm-hmm. most of his memories and like his all the actions he's taken, he's buried Bruce Banner. There's a story point about like how the Hulk is like no, buried but, but, him. But in the very in, in Avengers, when he touches down after rampaging on the helicarrier, he doesn't know what's happening. That's when um oh my goodness, the actor that just passed fairly yeah, recently. Yeah. Not John Hurt, but no, uh, um, Peter Kitty 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 from uh, yeah, uh, Alien. Alien. Yeah. Um he um that's when he finds him. He doesn't know where he is or what happened. Um, when was he's that in, that in Avengers? In yeah, it's in the first Avengers. He doesn't. I don't I think that seen he's. It in a long time. That's why he doesn't want to be the Hulk because he doesn't know if the Hulk gets triggered. But, yeah, he could do. He's liable to do anything. That's why in that moment he's like, well, th- he basically. I think just that's let, Stark, he lets the. He just lets it out. He's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to throw the Hulk into a battle, and he's just going to have to play with these guys, and hopefully, but, no, nothing bad happens. Yeah, but there's at no point earlier in the movie did it make it seem did did anything seem like the Hulk would ever take an order from anyone or ever do what anybody asked him to do. I, that's I what I mean. Like I agree. sudden, like that moment in the movie made it seem like he is now in control because. Mm-hmm. Because he turns into the Hulk and he smashes that giant metal worm thing, right? right? And then he fights alongside the Avengers where the rest of the movie he was a terror to the Avengers. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's, that's the part that doesn't make any sense to me. It's like suddenly they just simply decided at the end, it's like, oh yeah, we need the Hulk to fight alongside the Avengers but not build up anything in the movie that makes you think that he'd done something different. Yeah. It's more like... I need this in the script, so we're just going to have this moment, and the Hulk is going to be kind of funny but and kind of dangerous, but but mostly just fighting on the side of good for no reason. Right. The, the That's only, the part that The only thing of, that I could, I could say to that, and this is just my own theories, is no. that I always kind of interpreted it as, as not so much a strict, like, hard cut, more of like a tag. You're like, yo, Hulk. You're going to need to punch this thing that's coming in real quick. And these guys are our friends, so try not to kill anybody. And at that point, that's the only control he has over the situation. But they didn't... But they didn't... They He was a complete and utter loose cannon for the for the, for the the other like, three quarters of the movie. I agree. So, like, even that much but, logic is, like, is, it's alien. I'm just like, what? Why? One, you spent the whole movie building up this loose cannon. Yeah. And now he's not that much of a loose cannon anymore, which... Which is why when he's like, I'm always angry and changes into the Hulk, something's changed there. It's not the Hulk hulking out. It's Bruce is kind of in there, like, you know, like adding that little bit of logic and that little bit of sympathy yeah. to, to make him operate. Two, so Two things, though. The Hulk's reactionary, right? He's yeah. always going at, like, he doesn't want to be attacked. And the very first thing he does when he comes out is being attacked by a building-sized slug that can fly in the air. Yeah, yeah. So he hits them. And then all of a sudden, his allies are there to help him fight the rest of these things that are coming after him. He perceives the enemy as those guys. So you could theoretically say that's what he's but these guys are not play. allies that's the thing he's, like they've never been established they're allies by not being enemies right the friend of my friend is my own enemy those guys the avengers are also going after these guys they want those the thing that he just punched in the face is also a threat the second he punches it um iron man goes after it as well blows it up with his rockets and then they he, the hulk's looking around and he's got all of the aliens that are yelling at him and he's triggered by them and all hor- he doesn't really give him an order. He just says, hey, go crazy, right? Captain America just tells him to smash. And that's the exact thing that the Hulk wants to hear. 
he's got friends. And that, at that point, he doesn't, the Hulk has never had friends, really. He's only had Betty Ross. Yeah, yeah, you know I, mean? I don't know. This like, all just like, doesn't hang together. It's like, I it's too it much, there's too much interpolation here. It was like, for a moment that a lot of people love, Yeah. I just feel like it has, it doesn't have, um, it's, mi- it's missing giant pieces of, uh, like, logic. Like, we love this scene and it's not just you a lot of people love that scene it's i think it's a big moment and it's supposed to be a big moment in the movie but it's just like missing these giant like there's leaps in logic there where i'm like oh i didn't they didn't really establish that the other thing too to note is that and i mean more so than i guess he usually would be but he was being affected by the mind stone when he was at the helicarrier on the helicarrier that's Something that they oh yeah sure, that was Loki's sure. point too. Sure, yeah. Um, they didn't make it as oh man, I haven't prominent. seen this movie in a long time. So yeah. they didn't yeah. make it as prominent as they did in the second in the Age of Ultron because in Age of Ultron that's when Scarlet Witch did something to yes, him, and yeah. you could see his eyes were all bloodshot, yeah, yeah, crazy looking. Yeah, that's so not that, him. Yeah. No, no, that's not him. Yeah, but um, I don't know to say that the Hulk just hulks out and destroys anything in his path has never really been his intention. I mean, they they mention it of um, in the Incredible Hulk. They, he says when he falls, you know, goes and fights the yeah, yeah. thing. He's like, "How do you think you can control it?" He's like, "I can't, but maybe we can just aim it." Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's got, I guess, he has a level of control to some degree, but not much outside of aiming it and just letting go. Sure, yeah. So that yeah. that's kind of how I interpret it. Sure, and I'm usually right, so sure. I'm gonna go with that. Um, <laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to mention was Godzilla. I saw Godzilla King of Monsters. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, so we can't oh, talk about it. Oh, you haven't seen it? Yeah, no, yeah. No. But I wanted to talk about the soundtrack. Yeah, because uh, the sound design in this movie, there's tons of large monsters in the movie. The sound design for each of the monsters is very unique. Um, the But the score is fantastic. And then there is this... Well, I mean, I just threw the score on because I really liked it while I was watching the movie. And the movie, in my opinion, was okay. Yeah. Um, but the score really just, like, elevated it. I thought it was fantastic. So I threw the score on. And to my fucking surprise... I don't know anything about Godzilla. Yeah. Okay? Like, I'm not a Godzilla fan. I haven't seen any of the Toho movies. And, uh, I, you know, I've just seen the American ones. So when this song comes on, and it's Godzilla, and it, but it's an actual song with lyrics. And they are the cheesiest lyrics and it's this massive like rock song but it's also orchestral yeah too so it's like got this massive scope to the song and the vocals are very good i didn't know who this guy was that was doing the vocals but then you ended up what, what, what's his name serge tankian yeah uh, from system of a down he also did some of the solo stuff and it's yeah. such a good song it's very so i was i was at the gym today and like i was like i'm i've got to squat a lot of weight I need something to pump me up because I was listening yeah. to a podcast of those guys talking. Like I can't do this because one, I might laugh. I almost died once doing squats because I think I was listening to like it was either the Your Mom's House podcast or Joe Rogan. But something funny happened. I usually turn off podcasts when I'm lifting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I was down at the bottom of the squat, and they said something, and I just started <laughs> laughing. I almost like. I didn't want to say I almost killed myself, but I definitely like was close to falling over. I managed to yeah. catch myself. But yeah. With this, I was like, I need something. And I threw that on. Oh my god, that's a good pump up song. Oh yeah. I've never heard one. It is. It's just so cheesy and wonderful and like I don't know. I heard it and I'm like, wow, this makes me like the movie more. Yeah. Like after like the soundtrack alone, especially that song, but also the themes for Ghidorah and like Rodan and yeah. like and Godzilla and Mothra, they all have their own themes in the movie, and they're all, like, they're big and bold and really in your face, yeah. and I just kind of like that. I love that. I love that they are so distinct. Um, but this this song, this Godzilla song, I can't. I don't know if it's a remake of, of like, an actual... So I know Godzilla has a theme. Yeah. I don't know if if that's that, that, that those lyrics existed before. I'm not sure if it was written by them or not. The Oyster Cult. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Okay, yeah. So I, um, so it may have existed before. This might just be a cover of a, of, a, of another song, but uh, this this uh, composer who's done some video game uh, composing for like uh, games like uh, God of War. His name is Bear McCreary. He did the entire score for the movie, but he also composes the song. Yeah. As well. So it's 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 totally ridiculous. It's super super fun, 
and you know it gets you gets you pumped up and actually kind of I kind of like the movie a little bit more after listening to the soundtrack yeah you know? so also it yeah. sounds like uh, so there's a full orchestra behind it and Serge Tankian I, I would just want to make sure Tankian Tank yeah um, Serge Tankian he's also a classically trained um, like opera singer oh no so way so he's got a lot of vocal range and he yeah. just kind of stays at like those higher pitches a lot sure yeah of, but it's 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 great it goes with the score but it also features Brendan Small and Gene Hoagland from Death Clock if you've never seen Death Clock, it's a fun, it's like a funny animated show, but they also have their own band. Like it's basically it's a band. Um, but is I it think an anime or is it? No, it's like something like on American... Comedy Central. Oh, Comedy Central. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's really good. It's huh. funny. It's just out there. It's just yeah. wacky. Oh, like, it's, it's super... like in the same vein as like a Rick and Morty. Or, sure, sure. Um, just very different. Just like sure. you know that kind of comedy. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like all of that ridiculousness piled on top of each other just kind of made something awesome it yeah. was I, I just think it's really cool it's yeah. a cool song and um, even if you're not a fan of Godzilla I think you might even like just like this song it's just so the funky whole, the whole the yeah, score the is funny. fantastic the whole score is great it's good I, I've yeah, listened really to it a good. few times you told me about it when I was driving back from uh, Ottawa, from Ottawa yeah. and I, I threw it on immediately I was like let me just give it a shot and that first song I was bang I think I've repeated it like three times yeah I've been repeating it's been on loop a few times yeah, yeah. it's definitely in heavy rotation so oh, yeah. so yeah um, that's pretty much, that's pretty much everything I had. I don't I know if there's anything good. else. I think yeah. it was another good, like, uh, probably just under an hour, so. Yeah. Probably call it. I think it's been a good catch-up session. That's right, two, two, two catch-up sessions, and then hopefully we'll dive back into some of the reviews. We've got, you know, like Vermintide 2 we've been trying to play. I've been, I've been playing a little Vermintide 2, and, yeah. uh, Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat sitting, still sitting there in the wings. We're getting ready to dive into that. Pet Cemetery. Um, Pet Cemetery. We got to get around to our review for so, so yeah, lots of lots of stuff coming up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hopefully, the next time you see us, I will be celebrating because the Raptors have won the NBA Finals. That's right. But until then, we'll see you guys next time. All right, take care, guys. Thank you very much. Bye bye. See ya.